Our Heavenly Father and our God, the great Father of light, the pure Father of light, the one that promises and he keeps. Father Lord, we are standing on this promise this morning. We ask that you open the eyes of our hearts, that your word will pass through and bring full understanding. That Lord, no usurper, will take away your promise in our lives. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Please, you may be seated. Praise the Lord. It is indeed a privilege whenever I have opportunity to rub mine in the word of God because it avails me this very special privilege to speak to myself first before coming to share with my brethren. Our theme for the year is still, you are the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. He reminded all believers, all children of God, that you occupy a special place, that you are the light of the world. And when there is no light, everywhere will be in darkness. So that's why Christ has to come down to earth and be the trailblazer, becoming a model that all of us that call ourselves Christian must follow to be into that mode through that example that he gave us. He came, he was persecuted, he had the same frailties just as all of us have. So, and he was victorious and is still victorious because he fulfilled his mission and went back to the Father. That's why you and I are a people that have hope today. Our topic for today is overcoming the usurper of promise as light. We already know that every child of God is a light. There's no two ways about that. And whenever it shines, the darkness will not comprehend. And then what is a usurper? Usurper is a noun depicting a person. Usurper is a person who takes a position of power or importance illegally or by force. Actually, a usurper is an opportunity because a usurper cannot take that position, cannot take away that promise if there is no loophole, if he has not sized you and see that he will overcome you. When he sees that the resistance will not, he cannot overcome it, he will flee and wait for an opportunity. So as Christians, we are under surveillance. Because of what? You belong to a different camp from the camp of the enemy. Waiting for the hedge to be broken. And then the enemy will strike. So actually, whenever we are overcome or we overcame, it's actually our fault. Because there was an opportunity for that to happen. So, as a Christian, you must overcome some challenges to be light. 
For you to shine, you must overcome some challenges. Some of us, when we got born again, we have a wrong ideology of what Christianity is all about. Some of us, that when you give your life to Christ, that there won't be any challenge again. That everything will be free-flowing, seamless. Brethren, that is not true. The truth is that victory that he has promised. That no matter what is happening, that victory is sure. He has promised us his presence in whatever we do. So let us read the Bible text where we, our topic is based on today. is a very regular and common story. But as I went through it, Searching and asking God, I know this story, what new do you have to tell me? Actually, that depicted Christians of today. We are not better than many of us are not better than the ten spies that went to search out the land. They came back, that is the people that went to search out the land, that's... Uh, Numbers 13, I'm starting to read from verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. They reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us. And it, does not, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites lived near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack them. We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they have explored. They say the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. That is the descendants of Anna come from the Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. This was the report. Actually, because I was like involved in a research work now, this to me seems like a research to search out. So, Moses sent out people to go to, to go and search the land. That is the spies. I can go to verse 1 where he did this. In verse 1 of uh, chapter 13, the Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan which I am given to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. 
So, this was a directive. Though in Deuteronomy verse 1, uh, chapter 1 from verse 8, made it seem that the people requested for this. But God gave his consent. That's why he ordered Moses. Had he been, he did not. They wouldn't have commissioned them. So what are we talking about here? God himself asked Moses to send these 12 selected men into a recognizant mission. Recognizant mission is like a mission of spying. It's kind of military. Military mission to see formations, strengths and weaknesses of maybe a city to be attacked. That's what they went to do. They went there to study, to study. They went through all the tribes, picking one person from each tribe, giving an equal representation, which is like a stratified uh, um, sampling method, so that no tribe will feel cheated, and each person will speak from his own background, and then as a representative, and not like he chose some people to go there and do the search. And they were asked to go and study, to search, and not to come and give verdicts. They were just, tell us what you see. Observational, descriptive, tell us what you see on ground. And they were given terms of reference. And what are these terms of reference? Whether the people there are strong or weak. Whether they are few or many, whether the land is good or bad, whether they live in camps or strongholds, whether they live in cities without war, or they live in cities that are fortified, that we are fortified, whether they are rich or poor. And then one thing, bring the fruit of the land. This is the highest level of evidence, peer-reviewed, evidence-based, what we'll see. That is, everybody will see it. You are not telling us just stories, but this is real evidence-based. That's how God does his thing. God already told them about this land. Because in Exodus 3.8, the Lord made it clear about this land. The people that are living there, that this land flows with milk and honey. And this is the land I'm going to give you. It is not different from what promise the contemporary Christian is given. We are a people selected. We have a promise on our head. We are not just like any other people. Just like the Israelites. They are people of promise. And this promise is for them. The, they went there. And we know one thing. Israelites are people of history. They know their background. They know their ancestry. You can't really tell them much about themselves. Even this promise. When they left Egypt, where, they were, where were they going? Nowhere but that place that they were promised. Because of what God has promised them. And everything God has promised them he does it. So that is the hope. And what they were standing on when they left Egypt. 
that even when they saw an obstacle, which the first one was the Red Sea, and it's never happened in history to cross a river on a dry land, not even a river, a sea, but God did it for these same people. And these people that went to spy were part of these people. So not that they are not knowledgeable. Even till today, if you have your phone, you press logo, Ministry of Tourism Israel. What you see is that same grape with the pole with two people. So this is an ingrained history. This is what really happened. It's not just a story. So how can people that know about where they, are, where they were coming from, how can people that know about this promise, how can people that set out from a location to another place, going to another place, along the line, lose their steam? You know, in every sentence, the clause after it def defines the first sentence, uh, sentences. After confirming God's word, the land is flowing with milk and honey, the land is rich, the land is fertile, everything that God promised, they said, nevertheless. Nevertheless. At this moment, they've allowed their environment, their senses, things happening around them to take control of them. They've allowed the spirit of fear to be in them. And any moment you have fear in you, your faith goes down. Faith and fear, they don't work together. Because of what fear makes you to think like a rational being. You don't think like a spiritual being that you are. That faith you have on the promise will go down. Then you think with your senses. Actually, this is what happened to the people, to these ten spies. And this happened to us Christians. When some challenges come our way, when prayers are not answered, when things are not going just the way we want it to go, our faith goes down. Our faith goes down. And a lot of time, a lot of times, it leads to self-help. And this is what happened to these people. They've answered the question of which they were sent on this mission, which is the research question. But they fail in the aims and objective. They brought a false report. And they brought a heresy. When they talk about self-reports, a false report or heresy, people think that somebody will outrightly start lying. No. False report starts in a way. It starts with telling you things you know. Things you can confirm in the scripture. In short, I'm telling you here, nobody can cheat you if you don't trust that person. Because if the person comes and is telling you what you don't know, he tell him, oh boy, don't tell me what I don't know. But when he starts with what you know and it is true, you give him attention. And there's a, you lose God. You go off God. So Igbo people will say, Abanyegi
It's when he buyed the email, it's then that they will play the game. They started with confirming what all of them know. They started confirming God's word. God's word. Even in teaching these days, people start teaching with what is biblical, what is scriptural. Many Christians derail because of what they tell you what you know, and I don't do that. They will use what is meant for another circumstance, wind it down and throw it there. And then you will get confused. But there's a scripture that blesses my heart in Acts 17, 11. The Berean believers. We are lucky in this time that we have where we we'll go and do our reference. The Bible is there. If somebody is saying what you are not sure or you are confused, please go to the scripture. This is what this man would have done. God say, I will give you. Go and occupy. Just go and ask for his directive how you do it. When they entered Jericho, did they do with their own power? They waited on instruction. As a Christian, if you see yourself in a situation that you are confused, get this thing over to God. Let him come into this. And when you are sure you've handled God this situation, just keep on believing him. Keep on believing him. And whatever he does is his will for you. Don't seek for self-help. Don't go and start adding or removing because that is not what God wants for you. They saw the same tribes that God told them about. It's, they are new. The Amalekite, the scripture there says in 3, uh, 3 8, that the Amalekite, that is the land I want to give you. The land that has people there, that this is the land I will give you. Something comes to my mind, it acts my imagination. You were promised a land that has a city that is well built, fertile. You are going to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. And then, are you expecting in this kind of city to see weak people? It doesn't make sense. Are you expecting to see small people? If many of us have started very early with milk and honey, I know how big we would have been. That's why the generation after us, they are always bigger than us. Because of what we are giving them, good life. Better than what we got. Many of us that grow in the village, in the morning, warm soup of yesterday, and warm by eat it and go to school. When I tell some people this, it sounds strange, but that is real. You swallow in the morning before going to school. Okay, in the night is swallow again. <laughs> so each generation should be bigger, depending on the nutrition you have. The same thing with Christianity. Each generation is supposed to be more embedded in the word of God, depending on the resources that are available. But the enemy knows this. What he does, he distrusts us. He brought a lot of things that distract us. Distracting you from eating deep from that which the Lord has made for you to eat from. Cities that you did not build, then who built it? 
God used people to build this city so that you can come and occupy. And then you are saying you see big men. They are strong. The cities are big. God will not even give you something that is worthless. Because even him, during the time of sacrifice, he doesn't use things that have blemish. You don't worship him with things that have blemish. And that is what he gives the children. He gives them the best. Unbelief sets in. And when unbelief sets in, it negates the promise of God in our lives. Whenever there is unbelief, you start doubting whether this is true or false. Then it becomes a problem. It becomes a challenge. Because now you have double mind and the scripture may declare anything done without faith is sin. If you don't have faith about anything, you've not settled it with God. It becomes a sin. But out of these people, two people that went for the same mission, the same exposure, the same terrain, they saw things differently. Why? And one of them, when they were even given this report, he said what? Let us go up. Let us go up. We can do it and take possession of this land. That there's nothing. He was not seeing those physical barriers. He was not seeing this thing that others are seeing. He was seeing the person that told them to go. He was seeing and standing on the promise because he knew the person that promised that he is able to keep his word. He's not an author of confusion. What he said he would do, he will do. His world remains the same. He changes not. We are the ones that change. We change. Situation comes up. You start thinking, no, the quaker. It seems. And anytime you don't stand firmly and start looking for loopholes and way out, then it becomes a problem. And this sentence spice again say, no way. We are still seeing what we are seeing as kennel people. We are still seeing, I don't want to share in this your belief, that these people are still stronger than us. And they committed a, another big blunder because they are walking by sight and not by faith. That is in Second Corinthians 5, 7. That we should walk by sight, not by faith. He said the land devours people that live in it. But you went there, you still see people. If it devours everybody, why are people still remaining? We should ask questions sometimes when we share word of God. Yes, ask questions. We don't get so gullible that whatever we hear, we rope it in, swallow it, who can sink her. And they have what we call identity crisis. At this moment, the first of four say that we look like grasshoppers first in their own eyes then in their eyes did you enter their eyes to know no those are the questions we ask you first of all messed up yourself turn yourself to a grasshopper because what you believe you are that is what you are and you operate at the level of grasshopper David saw Goliath disparity in everything when it comes to war. 
But he was seeing another person, an infidel that was defying the word of God, the people of God. That was what he was seeing. He wasn't seeing this, this giant standing before him. As Christians, what are we seeing? Are we seeing the God of challenge? The God that gives victory in challenges? We say, God has given me victory. How can you have victory when you've not gone to war? How can you have victory when there was no, what is the least level of battle? Skirmish. Yes, you talk about victory because you have overcome. If you've not gone through the process, there's no way. So they say they already grasshoppers. And when you accept that you're a grasshopper, you operate at the level of grasshopper. And what do they do to grasshopper? Children that chase grasshopper and catch grasshopper. We did it as children. Yes, adults don't chase grasshopper. If you see an adult chasing grasshopper, he should be in psyche. So you're already in a defeatist attitude. You don't know your identity in Christ. Because if you know your identity in Christ, you don't have that identity crisis. You will stand. And you will tell them, even if God does not save me in this situation, let it be. As far as you know, he's involved in this situation. So these ten had identity crisis. And that is what they sold to the people. And as usual, we are like people waiting for negative reports. Because of number and their persistence, they overwhelm the other people. Automatically, they went into morning stage. And when they enter there, they are doing it against God. Not against any other human being, but against God. And these are people that God crossed through the Red Sea. These are people that God fed over the years. These are people that God gave water in the middle of desert. Even in modern history, if you talk about middle uh, desert of Sinai, very dry. God gave them food, gave them everything. And these are first generation contact that have contact with those God dates. So they were very shallow and easy to forget. Christians, when we have challenge, any little thing, we forget the promise of God in our life and join other people. These same people know their ancestry. They are not like they are not like just any other tribe. They are people that directly, you know, descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of whom these promises are. As a Christian, you are now in the nationhood of Israel. Because when Jesus died, the curtain was torn. He gave all of us access. And then he gave us that grace of adoption as sons. Sons with a promise on each of us. Unfaithfulness brings about abortion of God's promise in our lives. He aborts his will. Whatever he has promised you is with faith that you tap into it. How can somebody say God promised us this thing but it never comes to fruition? Because you lack faith. It is not God's problem because God cannot change. We change. 
we walk by sight. And we have the word every day and night. But when it comes to a situation where it matters most, we drop others and join others. Yes, we are being factual. We are talking what is real. After all, faith is not what you are seeing. But it's what you believe and bringing it into fruition and into reality in your life. So when you talk with what you are seeing, you are not different like others. We want to use a situation where some people see themselves in a tight corner. I cannot shine in this situation. I cannot be light. Oh, this is business. Uh, this is how it is done here. Seeing yourself conforming with what you see on ground, not changing it and being the light. A case study is the story of Samuel. Samuel, where he grew up, was in a mess. But even with that, he kept the faith and came out good. So that is not even an excuse that where you see yourself doesn't really encourage you to live as light. Doesn't encourage you to know that there is a promise on your head. Doesn't encourage you to know that you are not like other, other people. That you are a people called by God to himself. A people of his possession. We cannot afford to be bread and butter Christian who fall in the presence of any little challenge. The scripture tells us because the word of God is not ingrained and engrafted in our lives. There is hope and there is promise. Temptation will come. Don't be deceived. But the Lord told us in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, tells us, because he's still in present, that he will not allow any challenge, any trial, any temptation to overcome us. But that is a temptation that is very regular with people. And that you are not only the only person. That's why the word of testimony is a very strong tool. When you share testimony, some people will ask you, did you pass through this? You tell me, I tell you, I'm not sharing story. That is me. And you still stand where you are. You are still a Christian. You say yes. Then, somebody have told me, then I don't have a challenge. I don't have a problem. So whenever a brother, a, a child of God, share testimony of God did in his or her life, you are glorifying God because you are telling the world, this is what God did for me and he can do it for you. Because he changes not. He's the same God today, yesterday, and, to, and will remain the same forever. The word of the Lord has to be engrafted. So scripture use implanted. And I started searching for this word. If you go to medicine, when they put a graft, graft does the work that the organ it replaces should have done. So it is a functional material. It is not just a material that is there for fancy. It functions. So word of God will function in your life. It shouldn't be there for you to answer a Christian. 
In dentistry, we have what we call osteointegration, implants. When you put an implant, it gets osteointegrated. It integrates into the body and becomes part of the body and does the work that what it's replacing should do and will not be seen as a foreign body. In agriculture, when you graft, it starts bearing fruits. It is not seen as a stranger to the stock, but the stock feeds it. It has leaf. Bear the fruit of the original plant that is grafted and not the one that is the parent's stock. So the word coming to your life takes over your life and starts bearing fruit. So when James said in James 1.21 that the word of God is implanted or grafted, he, he is not saying something that is surface. Let's be searching this word. And you see the deeper meaning to it. The usurper can never overcome us when the word of God is engrafted in you. Even Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 4, when the enemy come, used the word of God and he was giving it back to him. He used this one, he gave him. Used wrongly, he gave him the... Tell you, no, you are using this wrong. This is the right thing. We are doing Bible challenge. Testimonies are going on about the benefits, especially the spiritual benefits. I want to encourage us, even as we are about to start the next phase, that we should take it serious. You are what you take in. There's no two ways about that. Some people use what Christ said that uh, it's not what goes in, but what comes out. Yes, in that context, but in another context. If you, be, if you are watching pornography every time, your mind will be occupied by pornography. There's no two ways about that. If you are listening to metal music, when you talk, you shout. Because it scatters the eardrum. If you are listening to all this crap, your body will be filled with crap. Yes. There is this uh, Christ Apostolic Church. They do orchestra every year. One man said what? That he's not a Christian. But he come to listen to this orchestra. That there's nobody that will listen to this orchestra and he will go and kill. That there's nobody that will listen to this orchestra that he will go and steal. Just a contact. And the impactation is so much. In times like this where so much in anxiety of things happening around us, we are confused, many of us. There is evil prevailing in the land. Cost of things are going up. Just within the week, we hear that our money that we are used to service debt is more than the money we are making. It's a funny situation, but because we are Christian, we are still believing Him for turnaround. Some of us. Stop listening to news. Somebody tell me about the news. It's always evil reports. They killed um, one atrocity or the other. War. Bad, bad things. But we still believe God. People go to markets. Buy something. And could not finish paying for the thing. And kept it in the shop. I said, okay, let me do transfer for you. He said, no, I'm not taking transfer. That they are cloning transfers. 
Come in the morning and pay for it. I'll keep it for you. Lo and behold, before he said that the price has changed. I was like, don't you remember me when they were about closing the market? He said, yes, this is the price for today. This is the world we are living in. This is the country we are in. But we refuse to be like the ten spies. We will be like the two spies, Joshua and Caleb. That our faith is built in the word. That our faith is built on the person that gave this promise. Because he never fails. We will continue to work with him. Because challenges like this depends on your work with God. How far you've gone with him. How much of his word do you know? Many of us stop at the level of that. But how many of his word do you know and do you believe? It's the word that you believe that will be active in your life. Knowledge can be for knowledge's sake. Some time ago, in UNN, they say one of the best results in religious knowledge was obtained by a Muslim, a Muslim girl. Of course, she's not born again because she was still a Muslim when she left. So she has a good knowledge of Christian religious knowledge. And of course, had it been she believed this word, she would have repented. So knowing is not good enough. Now we are at the level of uh, election. It's coming up. Christians are fasting and praying. Some self, they don't know even what they are praying for. Yes, that's the truth. They are permutation. Some will say, ah, Nandi, we go, but you are still praying. Some will tell you, my vote does not count, so no need. Some will say, mm, if I get this PVC self, I will not vote. That already they've done that. And you are talking of Christians. So no need, no need, no need. And these are people praying and fasting. It's just sorry to say that this can be found in the midst of Christians. And to me, these things are done, that your prayer is based on unbelief. Very much unbelief. And this is the highest level of hypocrisy. God is never against us performing our civic responsibility. Never. Even Jesus Christ paid his task. If that was one of the situations they are using against Christians when they say, well, in case Caesar are using it out of context. Even our faith, when there is no work attached to it, is a sin. It is dead. James made that clear. If you read the second chapter of James, verse 17, 20, 26, he even called, described the father of faith, who is Abraham. And told us what, that even Abraham, when he believed God, he said, sacrifice your son. That there is a work component to it. He has to take Isaac to go and sacrifice. That is a work component to that faith. So as we are believing God for turnaround in this country, do your own. It's what you do that God will use to work. Get your PVC and vote. If you call yourself Christian, 
and stop fasting and praying alone. That is not good enough. So for Christians, for us, first of all, we have to know we have a promise. And we have to know that there is somebody that wants to take away that promise from you. When you acknowledge these things, then you start working how to overcome. Whether there is going to be challenge, whether there are going to be trials, that one is a must. You can't change kingdoms and accept, uh, allow everybody to be at rest. Some of us that went to some funny school, you see some people say that they have repented from one dating thing court or the other, and say, they must attack you. But when they see that you persist, they will leave you. Some of them will be observing you to see actually whether you go to the kingdom of light. What betide you? They see you doing some funny things like uh, Iwasa, babes, and you say you've repented. You are in trouble. But when they see you being serious and backing those things down for the other kingdom, they will leave you. I know that this person has sold out. That there is nothing you do to him that will make him come, down, come back. When you are sold out, it doesn't hide. It's always there. You are dead to a lot of things. Things that excite the senses. Things that every other person is killing him or herself to have or to do. As Christians... We should have one thing in our mind at each point in time. God's promise of his unfailing presence. When Jesus was leaving this world, in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, he made a declaration, he made a proclamation on which we are standing today. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority... In heaven and on earth has been given to me all authority. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and be light. Go and be light and light up all areas of darkness. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Bringing them into the kingdom of light. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Teaching them to know the scriptures. What are the things that God likes and things he doesn't like? It's as simple as that, put in basic English. And surely, I am with you always to the end of the age. And that, was, that, that is the last word in Matthew. In the Gospel of Jesus Christ, as written by Matthew, that he is with us. When you know about God's presence, that he is with you, in times of challenge, in times of trouble, even when you want to derail, if you remember the God's presence is with you, that is there with you, you want to convert this presence, anything that will make him to take this presence away from you, you must not do it. Even when David says, take not your Holy Spirit from me, because this Holy Spirit has been his guide, his anchor, his everything in everything. So for us to overcome the usurper, you must cover the presence of God that he has promised us. 
they must, you must live according to the will and purpose of God. Another one is fear. These people were afraid. They saw some things that they weren't expected, though I'm surprised that they were not expecting it. But they saw some things that made them to start speaking something like ordinary people that have not known the will of God speak. In Matthew 10, 28, the scripture says what? Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So that is telling us what? That we are on a journey. We are just aliens here. We are ambassadors. We don't belong here. We came from somewhere and we are going to somewhere. When we go to give our reports, what kind of report do we give? Fear must come, but fear should be directed to the one that destroys the body and also the soul. The early church fathers, if you see how they were killed, starting from is it Peter that churchly has it that he said, No, don't crucify me like my Lord Jesus Christ, I don't deserve it. Put me head down. Is it Paul? He was killed. He was martyred. Many of them, they had one thing in common. They refused to renounce the faith. Because they know that the body we have is very temporal. That we are here on transit. Yes. Somebody came here and was saying that you should tell your neighbor you must surely die. He was very right that we must surely die, but we don't like it. Although that day I look at my neighbor, fear no grimy tell him. <laughs> so we must surely die whether you like it or not. We must surely die. So if somebody tells you about that, it's when it will happen. My little girl, when she was four years, her grandmother was eating, and then uh, the say, "Come and take me." She was looking at her, and my grandmother was there. Come and take, and never could go her sense. So he looked at the mother. He said, "Chisora, go and take now." <laughs> he said, "Why didn't you want?" He said, "My mother said we shouldn't take things from anybody." <laughs> so my mother was like, "Am I anybody?" He said, I know you are my daddy's, um, uh, my daddy's mommy. I have something there. It's where I'm going to. He said, you, where is your own daddy? He said, he's dead. He said, where is your own mommy? She said, he's dead. The next question will baffle you. You, when are you going to die? <laughs> and when she said that, everywhere kept quiet. My wife rushed and called me, and me, I don't take things serious like that. I don't know why God gave me this mind not to think like others. Because, you understand how people think. So I tell my mother, ah, don't you want to go for her wedding? If you want to die in 20 years, tell her now. If you want to die in 30 years, tell her. That was what that was the tension, but the, uh, the quietness was something else. So you, when are you going to die? Children are children. Four years, she's talking out of ignorance 
and she's talking out of innocence. Your two parents are dead. So you, why? When are you dying? So, if anything happens that you are called now, what is your fate? We learn lesson from things like this. What is your fate? Where are you going to? Which kind of report are you going to give? Romans 12, 1 to 2 made us know our body, just we are living, but we've already been sacrificed. Then he used the word that we should not conform. Before you conform, you have to twist yourself to enter a mode, a mode that is done by other people, which is the word. So for you to enter that mode, you have to compromise in a lot of things. You will not be able to maintain your son to conform on the on the this standard of the world. Because who makes this standard? The world, not the scripture. Wherever we are, we are sold and we must stand out. No matter what it is. If you don't stand out, then they will force you to join them. Because if you can't beat them, you join them. Don't be afraid to stand alone. Christians are known for that. Even when everybody is cowering, you should not. Yes. Don't be afraid to stand alone. Our youths have been disseminated and made mis-meter because they want to follow the in-crowd, the happening crowd. They don't want to be left alone because they don't have the psychology to stand alone. But when you see an adult conforming it, it doesn't really make sense. That means that the word in you is not active. It's just a word for the sake of being a Christian. That's why our children, we should start early to imbibe those words and start putting it in them that it will germinate and flow in their bloodstream. So, brethren, we as Christians, complacency should be out of the way for us. Complacency brings lukewarmness. You are neither hot or cold. And what does this bring? It brings ostracization. It ostracizes you from the things of the kingdom. Because the Lord made it very clear that He will spit you out. It's not you are neither cold, you are not here, you are not here. But okay, Jehovah, when it comes to other things, you still do. Where are you? Which identity do you have? In Revelation 3.16, he says, you are neither hot or cold. So, you don't have a nomenclature. You are just a non-entity. You don't have an entity. If you, have, if you are an entity, you have a nomenclature. Thing that you will be described with. So, a Christian should be a Christian anytime, any day. We should seek God's will at all times. But how can you say God's will when you don't know the word? When you are not sensitive to what God is telling you, sensitive to the urgings of the Holy Spirit. When you don't even have the Holy Spirit, who is this Holy Spirit for you, to you? Is he a stranger? Does he come like network, come and go? Or is he indwelling in your life? What is your identity in Christ? This is the first thing that you have to settle. As a Christian, what is your identity? Are you having identity crisis? Are you light, just like the scripture told us, tells us? Are you a light? Where you are, do they feel you are godly values? 
Are you aware, aware of God's promises? Are you aware of God's promises in your life that you are not just like any other person? You are a heir, a prince that cannot be seen doing certain things that are unworthy of prince. Do you believe in the eternal promise? The eternal promise that God so loved this world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever, anybody that believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Have you been adopted? Do you have that sense of sonship? Is there witness with your spirit? Have you received the spirit of sonship? Romans 8, 15 to 16. Has the Holy Spirit testified with your spirit that you are God's child? That is still another identity. Do you see yourself as God's child or just another church goer? This is yet another time that we have to sit down, talk to yourself. One man told me that that in Ibo no buto oche, debe, wo we are meeting, nano we are ne kuoku. This is the highest level of being truthful to yourself in the quietness of wherever you want, talking to yourself, asking yourself some salient questions. With the answers may be bitter, but it's truthful. Let us pray. The Spirit of God is bearing witness to you and with you and saying my son give me your heart I have been standing at the door and knocking time after time I knock and you praise it away I knock again and you explain it away I knock again and you readjust your position I am asking you allow me to come in because you are just a churchgoer, you haven't gotten into this promise of God. You are still outside the commonwealth of the promises God has made to his people. You are just existing. You are not living as a child of God. And that situation ought to change. As he is knocking now, forgo every other thing and listen to him and say, I want to have a true witness in heaven and in my spirit that I have changed allegiance, that I have forsaken my old life, that I have come in to the light in Christ Jesus. If you are the person, please no puns intended no harm meant the best just raise your hand where you are and we will pray with you that's the beginning of a new form of existence if you've been coming to church you have not yet had that identity a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar person brought forth from darkness where everybody who hasn't stepped into God's promise is and now translated into his marvelous light. This is your opportunity. Just raise your hand where you are. We'll pray with you. Otherwise, 
you will remain like a grasshopper before circumstances, before situations. They will keep overcoming you and they will usurp your position. This father has not just gotten up, he has knelt by himself. Nobody is the Spirit of God and the depth of feeling. Church, can you stretch forth your hands towards this a brother? That that depth of conviction of translating from the kingdom where everything goes to that where Jesus is the Lord will truly be manifest and permanent in his life going forward. If there's anyone watching, listening, joining us, and you're in the same position, please put your hands on your chest and sincerely fear the Lord, reverence him who has the power to kill the body and also destroy the soul in hellfire. Fear him and also do the same. Please repeat this prayer of commitment. You believe with your heart unto righteousness. You confess with your mouth unto salvation. And as you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Repeat after me, Lord Jesus, thank you. You love me. You pay the price on the cross of Calvary for my sins. I am a sinner. I have fallen out of your way. I have fallen out of your will. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. As I repent and turn away from them and willingly turn to you. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Give me the power to be a child of God. Write my name in the book of life. And lead me on, onwards from today, to the glory of your name, living as light, in Jesus' name. Amen. As many as receive you, Lord, you give them the power to be your children, who were born not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, but by your power. And Lord, even as your son turns in you live, response to your prompting and any other who is listening and joining us where they are father let the old things pass away in the name of jesus let all things become new in the name of jesus lord let that peace that passes all understanding that becomes shed abroad in our hearts the moment we return to you by faith be made manifest even in their lives now, in Jesus' name. Write their names in the book of life. And let the power and joy unspeakable to live every day as your child. Manifest in this light. As light be on him and all the others who take this decision to your eternal glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.